0: Welcome to In Between. Right now, it has already been two weeks that I'm back in Delhi. So this will be a very classical in-between podcast, India episode, talking about my first two weeks back in Delhi. One thing I realized from the beginning on is that uh, coming for eight or nine months somehow comes with a completely different mindset than just coming for six weeks like I did that a couple of times in the last year. Somehow some kind of disenchantment... seems to happen to me... in the sense that... Uh, I don't know... when you come for six weeks... everything is like... oh exotic India... so interesting... but when you come for... I don't know... when you're like... oh fuck... I really have to live here again... oh god... and then this... and this... and this... it's completely different... and... Uh, yes... somehow... there is like some... different approach this time... which I found very interesting... to notice on myself... and... again... I kind of haven't really taken much pictures, like the last time for some reason, it still feels also normal that I don't feel like taking pictures, which is still kind of weird that this happens. but yes uh one thing I really liked, so in the beginning, of course, I met a couple of friends, and I was very i again found it very beautiful to see like how one is integrated into. People's lives here so quickly. I don't know. One one just comes into the flat, and it's like, hey, we want to eat food here. Oh, with me, this and this is happening. This is like how fast one is part of people's lives again. And also in the sense that I feel like at home, if I just walk into someone's place, and usually there are a lot of people, it would be like, oh, okay, a lot of attention on me. Who are you? What are you doing here? How long are you in India? Why are you here? And here, somehow you just blend in and I don't know this complete being included or being absorbed again by life here I found that very interesting but at the same time I also really felt like I completely had to adapt again to a lot of things which I used to find normal like for example I feel like life here at least among some of the friends I have who have a who are part of some kind of alternative work culture, so not people who have nine to five jobs, but uh, it's a very different rhythm. So before 10 nothing really happens, no cafe opens, no, and at the same time, uh, one lives way more into the night, so one, two, or even later. And I took me some time to adapt to that rhythm of life again, but also that. Ah, oh, let's do it tomorrow. Ah, oh, we already have done a lot today. Like, especially when uh, looking for a flat, like I, I was uh, freaking out a little bit in the beginning because I was like, I need a flat, I need a flat. We need to talk to people, and I was so dependent on a lot of people to help me and look for it, which was really difficult because I was kind of stressed about it and the places I saw I didn't really like and. I couldn't just go out by myself because someone has to talk to someone, to someone, to someone and then you have to wait. And I didn't really, couldn't really figure out how things are working and not just go and do it by myself. So in the beginning, I was like in a complete different rhythms of like coming from this, oh, I have to get so much done today, this and this and this into a world where, I don't know, where again, people and meeting people and chatting, like spending a bit of time here and there and there is is so different. So it took me at least two weeks to adapt back to that rhythm and still, or maybe that different set of priorities and still it's very difficult. Another thing that I had to adapt to again is uh, the noise. Somehow, when I lived here for a year, I didn't really hear it anymore. I still heard it, but somehow it didn't bother me so much. Like the first week, like I had problems sleeping, the dogs, the traffic, the birds, like I heard everything, the neighbors. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot sleep. I need my auto pugs." Like, how is this happening? But then I had an interesting conversation with a friend who said like, you know, a friend who has already talked in my podcast and who has also has spent... Sometime in Berlin or keeps going back there and he said like see with me it was the opposite it kind of freaked me out when I was there that it was so silent that you would just not hear anything and uh, yeah no life no neighbors no nothing it was kind of creepy and he felt he had to put on music to put himself to sleep which I found very interesting so it's like how one is used to different things and how different one perceives different situations Another interesting thing was when I had a conversation with my boyfriend and he showed me part or a small snippet from a podcast where an American lady who has lived in Brazil for a long time, she reflects about going back to America and kind of being there, like coming straight from Brazil where, for example, just to name one thing, like people hug each other a lot more or give kisses instead of handshakes and all and a lot of things are different. Where she then kind of came back to America, and in the first week she kind of kept that up. She kept like hugging people and and doing all of this until the day when she kind of caught herself like giving her first handshake again, and she was like, "No, I lost it. Like I lost that, if we can call it a Brazilian self or whatever it is." But she talked about how she could observe herself, like kind of adopting back to American culture, like. And this not being something that she like did on purpose or she like consciously did, but it just kind of happened to her. And I find it so interesting, like I can totally relate because right now I'm kind of watching myself from outside, like an outsider, how I transform again to fit in in India. I, how I, I don't know, I walk different, I talk different, I order people around a lot, I... I like in conversations. I don't let people finish their sentences. I have to get into conversations before, else I'll not get to say a word. And like a lot of, a lot of small little things where I watch myself adapting and kind of turning again into the self I have established here, which is really interesting. It's as if I'm an outsider, like watching it, so I could totally relate with what she was describing. So when I finally found the flat, which. Uh, was uh, is very beautiful so it's on the terrace it has a lot of plants it's huge and i moved in with one of my friends as a flatmate so a lot of interesting things had to be done or a lot of of course the flat had to be set up stuff had to be bought it had to be cleaned and during this process a lot of interesting things kept uh, occurring which i want to share with you so one of it was uh, we went to a furniture market and there was a beautiful dresser kind of a cupboard, which I wanted like a yeah, with a mirror and, and some drawers and everything and we bought some book racks and I was like, but how are we going to transport all of this home? We came here by bike, but uh, then of course there was a solution. There were some guys with, with uh, bicycles, which were like kind of, which had like a big cart on the back, so like cycle rickshaws basically. And they loaded all the stuff we bought onto it, all the furniture, and they tied it with a single rope in a way where I thought this will never work, but of course it did work. And uh, so then we drove towards our home and the cycle rickshaw guy was following us with all our furniture on that cart. And again, I was amazed how elegantly he just like floated through the traffic and like navigated it. That was like beautiful to watch. Another thing is that the owners gave us a set of keys and since these were their keys but we are two people who are in the flat so we decided we wanted to make a second pair of keys like so that everyone has its own and we can give the ones back to the owners. So even doing that was actually quite an interesting process. So there is a kind of market like a big square with a lot of shops and restaurants and I've been there like so many times. Like before and also in these two weeks and I've never noticed that at the entrance between the bookshop and the cigarette shop there is a small little key shop so we brought our keys there and we were watching these people immediately starting to kind of take keys of their own to use different uh, instruments on it like Like, uh, kind of work on that steel and work on it until they could come up with perfect copies of our keys. And they were like doing that right there in front of our eyes. They did like eight keys in what, 20 minutes? Like, I was uh, completely amazed by that. And I was, it was so interesting to watch it. And having that done on this, kind of on the street, just right there in front of you and so casually, like, uh, this is something I've never seen. Another thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is uh, how much cleanliness or the idea of things being clean, things being pure, whatever you want to call it, how much this is actually socially constructed or like kind of happening in your brain. Because I'm realizing this here a lot, how different the notions are of what is clean and what is not. Like in a sense, I think I've talked about it before that people... Like my friends in India seem to think that the floor outside is incredibly dirty. And that, uh, I don't know, even when we're in a restaurant, like our backs have to be on separate chairs. I can, whenever I put my backpack on the floor to maybe put something heavy in it or whatever it is, like it's horrifying for them. Like this is dirty and you cannot do it. And how, for some reason, in Switzerland, I would never do that. I would never like occupy a chair with my back, if especially not if there are other people who would need that chair or whatever. And I would never consider the floor as to be so unclean. So somehow I would still argue that this is kind of a, just a cultural notion in your head. And I discovered a lot of this. Like for example, while we were cleaning the flat, so a couple of friends came to help, I realized that our ideas about how a flat should be kept clean were very different so for example we had the whole discussion like in which rooms can you wear chapels where you go barefoot and for example for me it was clear on the terrace I can walk barefoot I mean I was walking outside barefoot in summers all the time so like why should I not do this but no 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 you have to wear chapel for this room afterwards and no this is dirty and uh, or you have to clean it first before you can put a mat on it and sit on it and that was already very different and they explained me how much dirt I would be bringing into the rooms. When at the same time, like for example, one friend who cleaned the inside of the house or helped doing that, for him it was clear we have to throw massive buckets of water. And even though it seemed kind of clean to me, like I wouldn't probably have wetted the floor at all. I would have just like sweeped it maybe. To him, it needed, this needed to be done for it to be considered clean. Like no, that, and I think it didn't really matter how clean it was or not. That needed to be done, and uh, but at the same time, they were like, "Right, I wasn't hiring anyone." Even though many people had actually suggested that to me, I wasn't hiring anyone to come and cl- do this cleaning work for me. I didn't myself, but I kind of had to do it myself because I knew that I would want to know that I cleaned it, and what if my cleaning standards are not congruent with? whoever cleans my bathroom or whoever is going to clean the flat so I already realized there there's like some some mistrust or I don't know I want to know that it's done the way I want it to be done and at the same time for example there was the thing with the mattress so I needed a mattress and people were like oh you can have this mattress from this from this house from this flatmate or from the university or this and that and I was like no, I need my own fresh new mattress. I don't want an old mattress from someone. And they were like, why? What's your problem? And I was like, no, no. And then I realized there's something very cultural here or very socially constructed that I feel like, no, the bed has to be your own. It has to be clean. It has to be pure. And it cannot have been used by someone else before, which then again, they didn't understand and thought like, why are you so complicated about it? But of course I put my head through in the end. But then again, I realized like, yeah, this notion of, of what's clean, what's not clean are very culturally constructed. And that's something I think I'll keep on observing in the future. Another interesting experience there came with the trash. So we asked the house owners so what we're going to have to do with the trash. And they said there were some people who come and pick it up every morning. So we could they will tell them to come and uh, ring our doorbell as well and eventually that happened at nine and nine a.m and there was this older lady and she looked at me like kind of like expecting something from me and I was like you're standing in front of my door like what do you want so I asked her in Hindi like what she wants and she said "Then she just said trash in Hindi and I was like ah okay I got it so I got the trash and gave it to her and then she asked me um, I can also uh, told me like I can also clean your bathroom if you want, and I was like, wait, what? Did I understand that right? Then I asked again, and she, and this time she used the word the English word for a uh, bathroom, and I was like, oh, what? Like, like okay, like why is she saying that? Like, does she want to make some money on the side? Or I didn't really get it, but then I said, no, no, we'll clean it ourselves. And then later, I told I told some friends about this incident, and they were like explaining me that normal maids who come to cook and and uh, sweep the floor or whatever they would never clean a bathroom. That's like something which is lower in the hierarchy, has to do with caste. uh, Is something very impure to do. So the people who are taking out the trash, like who are handling the trash, something as impure basically as the trash, they can totally like clean your bathroom, but the normal maid would not do that. That's why they asked me, because she could kind of do it. And it was hard to imagine probably that the white lady would want to clean her bath from herself. But uh, it was interesting how this was so normal for my friends. And for me, it was like, wow. <laughs> Again, something, I don't know, very hard to grasp for me in some way. And then uh, something embarrassing happened, actually. So the next day, I came out of the house and I locked my door and I saw a woman who was dressed very similarly to the other woman who came to pick up the trash going up the stairs and it's many stairs. So I like shouted at her, hey, hey, we don't have trash today. So I didn't want her to climb all these stairs for nothing. And then she said, you know, I'm I'm not a trash lady. Like I'm a maid. Okay, I I work here. And I was like, oh my God, I might just have really insulted her according to going with what my friends explained me. I was like, oh God, like I, was, I felt so sorry, I felt so horrible. And I immediately, of course, apologized. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't get that. And uh, But yeah, she, she smiled at me and I think she realized that I'm a white person, what do I know? But uh, still, it was a very weird incident, uh, which did not make me feel very good. Then, of course, I also tried to get my research started, which so far has been not that easy. I texted a lot of people, like friends I have here, people I knew, and uh, sent them a small text basically saying I'm looking for individuals who feel in between, who um, have experiences with this, who have met another world or are in between social contexts or different social worlds and have kind of engaged with another world and transformed as a consequence of that. And people who feel some tension between the worlds, they are the. They are in between. The text was very abstract. A lot of people, were, I ca- they kind of felt like, hey, call me, let's meet, let's talk about it. And uh, I did that. So I met a lot of people. And I also realized how physical or like the physicality of research in the sense that you need to see each other to reconnect or have a call and talk. And then you can brainstorm together. Else it's really difficult for some reason. So that was kind of interesting to see. And one thing that happened is that most people I asked, they immediately um, said, like, hey, I think I would be just a good subject for you. So, like, everybody I asked, they felt that they are in between as well, which uh, so far has been a bit frustrating or confusing or difficult because I was like, ah, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, okay, I'm already realizing now that there are so many more very contained worlds interacting here or coming in contact that a lot of people live a lot of in-betweens or in a lot of different worlds they also the way people interpret the in-between is very different but uh, still so far I don't really know what to make of it and I find it quite hard and a little bit frustrating but I still have a lot more people to talk to and let's see what comes out with it so, as usual, there's confusion confusion in the beginning of a research and one feels like tapping in the dark, one is looking for something, but one doesn't really know what exactly one is looking for. So, uh, I am totally there. As a last thing, there is uh, something that happened, which, uh, just a small thing that happened, which I kind of liked, so... I was going to to the gym and on the way back I was like on the back of the bike of a friend he suddenly asked me he knows that I uh, that I will get a scooty here and I want to drive around myself so he asked me like do you want to drive the bike home and I was like what the fuck like this is a geared bike it's a huge bike 200 kgs or more like uh, how should I do that and he was like no no it's like it was after 10 at night so he was like see the road is empty you can drive on the bus lane there's no one it's all straight so you don't need to so no maneuvering necessary and I was like okay he was like just do it just try it and it had gears and my bike I've never I mean I've driven a bike with gears before but always on squares or something and not really out there but then for some reason, somehow, I don't know what got into me. I was like, okay, you know what? I'll try and I'll get off it if I don't feel comfortable. Then I couldn't manage to bring the bike to start, but he eventually started it for me and I was just driving and shifting gears and I don't know, And but it was a very, I don't know, the moment felt very free and uh, also very safe, don't worry. But uh, I don't know, like driving through the night, through the very cold night, I have to say. On that big bike, like sitting there and experiencing Delhi, like from that very new and different perspective. (music)